When we're young, we move with freedom and confidence, with a great resilience to injury. Somewhere along the line, we develop poor habits and become more vulnerable to back pain. Smart Strong features evidence-based and practical advice to help you take back control of your health and get back to the activities you love. This is your guide to better health through me. So join us as we demystify some of the commonly held beliefs about back pain and build your confidence to a stronger back for smart. Okay, welcome back everyone to the Smart Strong Podcast. I'm Ben James and I'm with my co-host Jacob Stain as always. Morning, Jacob. Good morning, Benny. So last time we talked about anatomy and we talked about some of the key muscles and introduced the key muscles that contribute to spine health, contribute to spine stability. And as we said, we're going to go into more detail on some of those muscles on subsequent podcasts. This is one of those. We're talking today about the abdominal muscles, those muscles in the, the front part um, of the body and, and contributing to spine health anteriorly, shall we say. We're going to introduce uh, the, the key muscles or the four muscles that contribute to the abdominal wall, uh, why they're important, some of the things people are doing wrong when they're looking at training them or not training them at all, exercises to avoid and some of the exercises to focus on and what we're really trying to achieve when we're, we're looking to train that group of muscles. So Jacob, starting point, let's jump right in and talk about those four muscles, introduce them uh, and talk uh, about where they are in the abdominal wall. So the anterior, we, you, know, you called it the abdominal wall, we also call it the anterior abdominal wall. So it's the, the layer of muscle at the front, or rather the front of the belly. And there's four muscles, like you said, there's the three muscles on the side, both sides obviously, they overlap each other, that's the obliques and the transversus. And then we have the muscle at the front, the six-pack muscle running from top down, attaching at the ribs, you know, going down to the, to the pelvis. They, I think if we want to look at what their function is, shall we go into that? Let's look at the, yeah, let's talk about each individual one and talk a little bit about the function because there's a lot of overlap there, isn't there, it's fair to say. So, yeah, let's start with that. So the, I think there's a general assumption that the function of the, especially the muscle at the front, the six-pack muscle, is to actually flex the spine. Yeah. And similarly with uh, commonly believed amongst personal trainers, the function of the muscles on the side is actually to rotate the spine, you know, to rotate the shoulders on the hips. So it's kind of twisting movements. Exactly, exactly. And and sometimes not only twisting, but also oblique twisting, so kind of a flex twist. Because that's okay, the yeah. direction that the fibers are running in. And the, yeah, well, that's the idea because of the anatomy of looking at the, right. the, the orientation of the muscles. But in reality, these muscles work in synergy with the diaphragm and the, the pelvic floor and the muscles in the back. And it, it's like a cylinder, which when you create pressure in there, actually comes under tension and that uh, that stabilizes the spine or the lower part of the spine the lower back yeah and I think we've like we've said before I think we mentioned before if you're looking if you're looking and studying these muscles whether it's just you know when you're at college doing a degree or whether you're um, just looking out of interest because you've of health often when you're looking and referring to anatomical textbooks you'll talk origins and insertions and like you say there'll be a specific movement almost that each of these individual muscles is kind of designed to do or like you say 
capable of and what we what we the perception is probably that it's designed to do that rather than like you say it's capable to do that but actually do we want to be doing that regularly if that makes sense particularly when you talk about that that flexion and twist at the same time which we know is one of those mechanisms that can contribute to disc herniation particularly exactly so so i want to fall in there and say that the spine can be twisted in all directions. And I think these muscles contribute a lot to the bending sideways and flexing forward or yeah. twisting, twisting, flexing through the low back. But the question is, do we want to do that? And if we do a lot of that, do we take the work away from, for example, the hips? Mm-hmm. You know, or do we take it away from the shoulder? And that's what we're going to discuss more probably in subsequent uh, podcasts. Um, but maybe we're just going to focus today on more the um, the abdominal wall. Yeah, and back to the back to those four key muscles. They're, they're kind of like you say a layer of muscles. You know, the deepest being transverse abdominals, and then yep. we've got the internal obliques. And then we've got the external obliques, and they kind of wrap around and and attach almost to that rectus abdominis, that six pack muscle, via this tough connective tissue, right? So they, they're like a belt, actually, the internal, external oblique and the transversus running on the sides obliquely and, and um, horizontal. And exactly, they, they wrap into the uh, uh, rectus abdominis, the six-pack muscle in the front. And th- that's the whole idea. When you close, uh, it's like a balloon. If you close the balloon, no air is possible to escape. And then you use the diaphragm you push that down by activating it, everything in the abdominal cavity will be pushed outwards. It will be pushed into these muscles, also into the pelvic floor. And the response is that these muscles will tense up just like a balloon does with air inside. So it's pushing everything in the inside because of the diaphragm pushing it downwards is being pushed laterally to the sides into this abdominal wall, into this belt. And this belt responds by pushing back. And that's how you brace that's the bracing technique actually that's how everything becomes under attenuation yeah so so one of the functions there for those muscles is is to kind of contain the organs within the abdomen you know so they're they're kind of retaining those those organs and like you say you've you've talked there about the the brace and i think you know back to what we've mentioned before these muscles whilst anatomically can create movement, a lot of their function is trying to resist movement, particularly when with respect to the spine. Well, that, that's, the, um, that's the common mistake that's made, and especially with the approach to training these muscles um, on a very high level, but also in just your ordinary life, if you walk into a normal gym and you see what people are doing on machines, for example, training their, their, their core, as they'd like to call it, and... There's a lot of twisting going through the spine using these muscles, thinking that we're training these muscles, where actually we're, for the biggest part, missing the point and actually working on the, the, um, the ability to just brace and fix the, the low back so we're allowed to generate power from the hip, for example. Yeah, so when we're talking training, a lot of the the mistakes that we're seeing is either people are sedentary and they're not training at all, which we've we've discussed before. Clearly, we want to try and get those people into some form of exercise program. It's certainly, if they've got back problems, if they haven't 
it will certainly help to to resist uh, back issues but for people that are training we're often seeing these movement-based exercises of the abdominal wall Cla- the classic again being the sit-up or the classic sit-up where we're, we're moving through the spine and what we're saying is actually we want to do exercises that are more focused on that brace almost that that static um exercise of those muscles as we are that isometric exercise based approach yeah um i yeah there you know there, there's a couple of approaches to go about it i think the first uh, general one is going into the planting uh, planting <laughs> planking approach yeah and and you know that's where you just you're on your elbows and you're on your feet and you've got to use the abdominal wall to resist falling in with your hips yeah. So you're, you're actually pushing away the floor and you just have to maintain that resistance. So that, there's that, you know, and then it's also going into the bird dog, whereas the bird dog is where, where you're on the knees and the hands. Over here in Holland, it's called the Superman. Yeah. You know, when, you, when you push one leg backwards and you maintain the rest of your body like a wooden table, I usually tell my patients, you're a wooden table. <laughs> you can't yeah. move. Yeah. Imagine fixating everything. Well, then you're working more of a rotational aspect, and then you start engaging a little bit more of the the obliques and the transverses. And when you say, uh, just back to what you, we, we mentioned previously, when you're saying you're introducing that rotational aspect, what you're doing is introducing the the potential movement of rotation if you're not holding those muscles properly. The intention isn't exactly. to rotate, it's to re- resist that rotation. Exactly. So if you if you be on hands and knees and you have your knees and hands shoulder width apart, so it's you're not making it too difficult, and you push one leg backwards, but you maintain the hips in the same starting position, so it's not shifting to the side, then you're doing exactly what you said. You're resisting having that hip dropping in to the floor or having to shift your hips up to balance on the other knee. Yeah. And so and so that's resisting the rotational aspect. Yeah, and as always, for those listening, it's it's difficult to visualize some of these exercises. We're introducing some names and some concepts here, but as always, jump into the, the show notes and head over to the Smart Strong website where we'll have videos and supportive information and guides around uh, this particular episode. Um, and, and again, I guess back to some of the key messaging, Jacob, that we're, we're sharing, the these exercises are kind of working on challenging um, those muscles and, and keeping those shoulders and hips in alignment. We're wanting them always to move together and we're introducing stressors, like you say, the bird dog or Superman that are going to try and if we're not doing it properly, they will, they will rotate that spine. So we've got to resist that movement and that's what we're trying to achieve. And it's all about form and it's all about, uh, motor patterns. So kind of practice and getting those movements ingrained. So if you do, currently suffer from back pain obviously we've got to be really careful with with introducing these exercises and again look at the advice on the website to to start at the beginning as it were because there's always progression of these different exercises right the way up to athletic performance um you know even athletes that that you've worked with jacob were, were were talking to them about training the kind of again back to that flexion moments rather than movement we can build a lot of endurance and um uh, and strength of that core without actually having to introduce movement which may be required then for for the actual athletic activity itself um in practice 
Yeah, and I think, speaking for myself, my own experience with when, if I compare back to when I thought I was strong in my core and before I had my uh, hernia, compared to now after training in this way and having experimented with this for quite a while, I have to say that just working with getting strong and, and developing endurance on that flexion moment instead of flexion movement or a rotational aspect or extension aspect, just by training that, I having, I've just amassed enormous strength and going with that also endurance, you know. So, and, yeah. and that's just given me an, a, a hell of a lot of power for when I have to also bend through my spine. And yeah. That's something we'll discuss more at some point. Yeah, and I think there's 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 something to revisit there, you know, further down the line when we are progressing to 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 talk um, specifically about athletic performance, which at some stage we will do, because clearly, again, when you look at the literature and you look at the research, building that core stiffness, should we say, rather than strength, that stiffness and that ability to um, brace and control. Um, this anterior wall alongside the the other muscles within the core that in itself contributes to power at the extremities so if you you know from any activity from tennis to javelin etc if you've got a real core that's where that power is being generated for exercises at the at the periphery at the at the you know more distal joints the feet the hands etc Yes, yes. But you, you see this quite a lot if you compare high-level athletes. You see how some are generating power centrally, yeah. and the movement looks very different to breaking the central point or losing the fixation centrally and trying to generate, over-generate power distally from a shoulder or from a hip or... Yeah, I mean, you just tennis is a good example. If you look at Nadal uh, compared to uh, Federer, Federer has a really smooth way of serving, for example, and if you look at his uh, his backhand, you know there's a lot of generated power from the core, and Nadal is constantly suffering with either knee or elbow injuries because he's he's actually he's, he's overpowering distally. Yeah, it's good. To, it's a it's a good uh, case in point actually because a lot of people then would re- reflect and say he's in incredible shape um and and we see that a lot again back to the gym we see a lot of the the guys that are are in you know a lot of muscle definition clearly a lot of strength but actually do they have healthy movement and are they are they training those muscles in the right way to to give them the stability that they need and and i think you know on that point some of the exercises to avoid what sit up is one that we focused on previously um, you know, we've talked uh, about the ability of the abdominal muscles, the obliques to, to create um, twisting movements and forward flexion and twisting movements. So exercises such as the cable, um, the wood chopper, for example, you know, is that something we should be avoiding? Or again, does it have its place if we're moving well? Uh, exactly. Or are we just saying, you know, there are better exercises? You know, what's your opinion on that? Well, so I want to answer a couple of things there. The first one is getting start or starting looking at the sit-up movement. So we know now that we're not actually training stability when we train this repetitive flexion movement in the spine because 
how can you be training stability? Stability is when we stiffen the core to generate power at the, the ball and socket joint, the hip or the shoulder. Okay, so that, that's the concept that we work with. Uh, if you do a, a sit-up, sure, if you, know, you, you will get a little bit stronger. You'll probably be working more on the psoas, the hip flexor muscle, than you're actually working on the rectus abdominis, on the six-pack muscle. And that's something you have to remember, that most of the, the force will be generated through the hip and not through the, through the, through the, through the abs. Yeah. So you need you need to define your your goal there quite clear, um, and you know we have to look at the cost of doing the sit-up. I mean the cost is actually hinging through all the vertebrae repetitively, pushing the disc posteriorly to the back. Which if you do that enough, you will you will cause damage at the discal fibers. And then if you look at the twisting movement, a good example would be the Russian twist. So that's sitting on your bum. Some people will have the feet on the floor, others will have it off the floor, knees, knees pulled up, so in like a V sit. And then you have a medicine ball which you twist from side to side. So it's a kind of a sit up flexion holding position and rotating through the spine from side to side. It's a lethal exercise if you ask me for somebody who's your general sports enthusiast and even if you're on high level, but if you sit a lot in front of a desk mm -hmm. and you then hit your spine with a fair bit of Russian twist movements a few times a week. It's the quickest way to, to, to what, what's the word I'm looking for when the fibers leave each other in the disc? So delamination. Exactly, exactly. And this, this, is, this is exactly what I did with the wood chop. Right. That was, you know, like moving towards my own hernia at the end of college. That was, I did the wood chop and that was your question. Is there a place for it if you do it right? Of course there is. I was doing it wrong. I was chopping with a very heavy weight, I think 70 kilograms, wow. more or less fixing my pelvis and rotating my shoulders on my hips. And so all, that, all, the, all the movement went through the disc. And that's how I um, got that delamination going. And that's how the process started, which end up, ended up in probably six months later as a, as a hernia. Yeah, and I think back to that point, you know, the wood chipper in this case being the example i think any any of these exercises that are um introducing uh, rotation in the spine now clearly you can do the wood chopper uh, if you do it properly with the right form without rotating through the spine but even then i would say you know unless that's going to have a direct effect on on a specific athletic activity or athletic athletic performance then there's always going to be a better exercise to choose if you're just looking for overall strength and conditioning and for those people that are particularly wanting to achieve that six pack there are exercises that you know the plank the side plank are going to contribute to you getting that six pack without a doubt there's always that ability by by introducing healthier exercises to to get and reach that goal clearly diet and things are going to have an impact because you're never going to have a six pack if your if your fat percentage isn't low but just to re-emphasize that point, we don't have to be introducing a lot of weight um, to to get that definition of these muscles, which is a clear goal for a lot of people. And and even if if it's not and if it's athletic performance, think about other exercises that you can do. So the take-home message from the point of view of the gym is anything that's introducing any kind of rotation um, around that spine, stop and rethink those exercises especially if you've got 
back issues at the moment or have experienced them in the past or indeed if you've just been sat at a desk all day and then you go into the gym because that's the exercise that's going to cause that potential disc herniation which then is going to be exacerbated every day you're back sitting at your desk so just rethink those exercises that you're you're doing and with that in mind Jacob we know that the these ab muscles these four muscles really extend down as a group from the ribs down to the the pelvis they attach via the aponeurosis that that fibrous sheet of of tissue that connects with the muscles around the back how do we how do we best therefore train them because we know we can't isolate those muscles um or or you're very unique if you can isolate some of those muscles which again we don't want to do we want to train them as an orchestra as a group what are some of these the best exercises that people could be considering to do well i think the very first thing is you need to learn how to brace okay so and uh, what's what's the brace again let's review the brace and how do you do that yeah so I think there's two steps. The first one is being able to breathe into the belly, right? And so if you lie on your back and you breathe into your belly, are you able to push the lower part of your belly out? Okay. If you can do that without filling up your lungs in your chest, you can keep your ribs down, relaxed, your chest, and you're actually able to breathe into the lower belly. That means you've got the capacity to use the diaphragm, the muscle that's just below the lungs, to be able to push your in, your intestines and everything in the abdomen down, so okay. you need to you need to be able to activate the diaphragm. Yeah, so it's about activate. So it's about being able to brace those muscles and breathe at the same time. Because a lot of people would say, yeah. when you well, said I, I, brace, they 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 take a deep breath and they'd really yeah. strain. Yeah, but a lot of them will be doing it in their chest, right, and their shoulders, in the upper part of the yeah. The abdomen is down, but in the upper part of the thorax. So, I mean, you, you want to be able. To, I mean, you can fill your lungs, but you need to be able to push everything down with your diaphragm. Without your your abdomen, your tummy, your belly, kind of pushing out effectively. Where? Oh, no, I I, wa- I wanted to be able to first of all to be pushing out. Okay, fine. Yeah. So okay. you're able to you're able to do that. Know that you can push it out. So now you're maybe relaxing the abdominal wall. Okay. You're able to breathe low in your belly. Okay, so that's lying on your back, just taking a few breaths. You can put your fingers just at the front of the lower part of your belly on the sides and see if you can push your fingers out. Okay. okay. And so the next step is actually when you're standing, for example, to push that out and to hold your breath and now activate the abdominal wall. And then you'll start feeling a lot of pressure building up. And that's the brace. Another way of doing it is you put your thumb in your mouth and you, you, you breathe against the, th- the thumb. And then, th- th- so you're imagining breathing against your thumb, but there's no, there's no air escaping the lungs. And you'll also feel this bracing effect at the front of your abdomen. So I suppose people are sometimes doing this without realizing it. Back to your uh, um, example there of putting your thumb in your mouth. If, if someone's blowing up a balloon then the chances are they're often engaging those muscles and uh, and embracing the core. Yep. Obviously, there's there's not the resistance there of blowing against the thumb and not uh, uh, the balloons expanding. But still, at a at a at a smaller level, you know those muscles are, are no doubt being activated. So the the thumb in the mouth is probably a good um, a good test for people to try this to bear down on on the thumb, as it were, and and try and activate those muscles yeah so if they if they blow in the thumb they're going to activate those muscles because they have to 
they're breathing against something. So you're actually blocking the airflow, the air stays in the lungs, you'll get this tension in the abdomen. The second step you can do if you're standing is actually pushing the abdominal wall on the sides that's on the obliques. You push that above the pelvic bone, you push in a little bit on both sides, and then you do a quick brace. <laughs> and you'll okay. feel the fingers being pushed out. Got it. And that, that's the start, you know, I mean, there's a little bit more to it because if you do it properly, you can actually feel the pelvic floor activating. It's going to feel like you want to let some air out, but uh, you're resisting that. Yeah. That's, uh, that's the whole point. And, the, and then the progression to that, I, I really, I assume, is we're, we wanting to brace that wall, control it, and continue to breathe Yes. at the same time. It. So that's, then that's, you know you're exactly. breathing from the diaphragm and you're able to control that muscle. So when yep. the, you do it, involve suddenly lifting something, you can take a breath, brace that core, and off you go. Yeah, and you can actually, even if you're just sipping the air or breathing shallow, you can still breathe while you maintain stiffness in the core, while you maintain that brace, like when you carry something, for example. Yeah, and is, is this something, again, you know, I often say to people, you know, this is something that needs practice. You know, you can't just say, okay, you've told me how to do it. Right, okay, I do it. You, you know, you, this is almost like introduce this to your daily routine. You know, we've talked about some of the movements we want to avoid and some of the habits to get into during the day. This is one of those things. Absolutely. I think the first thing is what I also tell patients is try and, when you're sitting behind your desk, behind the computer, try to breathe into the belly. Every now and then, maybe just poke yourself on the side of your, uh, you know, on the side of the abdominal wall and see if you are actually breathing high. Are you using your traps and your chest to breathe or are you actually breathing into the belly? Are you using your diaphragm? Because if you have that, because we, we want, you have to a certain degree, you have to be aware of what you're doing with your abdomen. But if you already breathe low into your tummy, you are used to using the diaphragm and bracing will be easier. Yeah. If you're somebody who's fairly stressed, you've got a lot of pressure, deadlines, whatever, you're probably most more likely to breathe up in your chest using your, um, your, your, your rib cage. And that's what, yeah. but then you're not using your diaphragm. Exactly. So again, it's, it's back to that awareness. It's back to that developing those habits and that practice because this is something that's that's an important first step on that journey to core strength and and journey to better back back health. So again, yeah, there's a lot of detail there. Uh, so jump over to the website because there'll be a good video on there uh, around bracing in particular. And and then just before we close, Jacob, I, I know we're running out of time here, but some of the key exercises we mentioned the plank. Planks are really good exercises. That's something that people could be doing. Uh, again, on a daily Very basis, or is there, is there an easier version of the plank maybe that we should consider first of all, as always? I think you, a good place to start is actually the bird dog, you know, because you've got a shorter lever arm. You're on the knees and the hands instead of the feet and the, and the elbows. And I think another very good exercise just to get, actually the best exercise to get the abdominal wall activated through the diaphragm and the pelvic floor is the dead bug. So that's the one where you lie on your back, knees pulled up, knees a little bit apart, um, knees 90 degrees uh, then you have your arms straight oh, just a little bit over your head facing towards the ceiling and then you get that little crunch going a very small crunch just to activate the, the rectus abdominis the six pack muscle and you do that um, deep breath low in your tummy so you get the cylinder pushing out you get that strong uh, brace and then you hold it for 15-20 seconds trying to do the shallow breathing so see how effective you are at that that's a good starting point and that you can build out to straightening one leg, just 
a slight bit out and then bring it back and then the other leg. Um, or you do the uh, have a gym ball and your hands over your head, straight arms, and you go over your head with a gym ball, you know, if you want to work on thoracic extension while maintaining the, the brace. And again, like you say, you know, the, the progression of these exercises as you as, as you advance and as always head on over to the website, there's going to be a lot of uh, information and videos on these different exercises, the exercises that are important for building that core strength and and maintaining uh, stability and and really with a focus on that that spine health um you know there's a lot of exercise that we could talk about but you know you you need some visual guide and there's going to be programs that we're we're going to be uh, creating to to help guide through a, an exercise program i think the take-home message here is yes the abdominal wall is important from an anatomical point of view yes it can create movement through the spine but it is designed to resist movement through the spine it was designed if it's working well to generate power for athletic activities and in order to develop that endurance and that that stiffness we need to train it but we've got to train it in the right way so avoid those exercises that are contributing to twisting through the spine and bending think of those exercises that that maintain that neutral spine as always and uh, like we say always head over to the to the website for further detail and for further videos and we'll be back next time we're talking about the muscles that contribute to our um back health again but posteriorly this time so posterior wall next time anterior wall this time so as always thanks jacob thanks again for listening guys and head over to youtunes uh youtunes itunes uh and give us a rating always helps spreads the message spreads the word and together we'll we'll improve back health for more people. Thanks again guys. Speak soon.